1: Fifteen minutes of flame, the hottest podcast on the internet.
0: That was a great Al Stewart on the border. Let me make
1: sure I have the uh, the chat activated here. Give me one sec.
0: Where are we? Broadcasts. We were in a broadcast. This is the broadcast right here. And uh, let's uh, make sure that chat is activated. Chat is enabled. All right, cool. Good. Steve, if you did that, thank you so much. Appreciate that. And um, I can see the chat now.
1: I'm a moderator. Hello. So here we go. I just said something. There it is. All right. Um, let me go back to that video. Was that Christine McVee on keyboards? I want to know. There was a blonde woman playing keyboards in that video. Let me make this bigger. Hold on. I want to see if that's her. I think that's her. All right. Let me show you guys. Give me your, give me your, uh, make this smaller. Uh, let me, uh, give me your thoughts on this. Tell me if you think that this is Christine McVee on the keyboards here. What do you think? Is this her? Kind of looks like her, doesn't it? I mean, she's playing keyboards. She's blonde.
0: I think she would look like that at around that time. Anyway, um, and I'll look in chat to see what you think. I think it's Chrissy McVie. Just saying. That was Al Stewart on the border. And of course, I generally try to find a song that fits the uh, subject matter of the day. As I broadcast to you, from the Hyperborean fjords, where there's perfect order, perfect order in nature, even though it's
1: glacial chaos sometimes um, descends upon the environment. But does it really? Because if you're not there, maybe it never happened at all. Anyway. So, yeah, it's a border song. I was going to go with the Eagles
0: on the border, but the Eagles are such assholes with their music. Don Henley is the biggest asshole with his music. He actually employs about 16 people to go over the internet all the time and find where his music is or where the band's music is and uh, cease and desist orders. That's what Don Henley does. And you know what's really. Ironic about that is that he's so short-sighted. So you know what this shirt, I like this shirt, but the inside of the shirt where the white part shows
1: bugs me. It bugs me. Let me let me adjust this. There we go.
0: Now I'm all buttoned
1: up. Um,
0: so he's protecting the music and like how much money does Don fucking Henley need, right? And there's no the the legacy of the eagles like if you don't turn your music loose on youtube younger people are not going to find it and it's ironic because they're the, one of the largest selling bands in history i mean i think they've sold more records than just about any other
1: group including the beatles with the eagles greatest hits it's like massive and yet it's still not enough Um, I actually like that version of On the Border. It's a different song, completely different song. The Eagle
0: song is a political song about the left and the right. I'm stuck on the border. And of course, um, the Eagles chose the left. And became uh, sort of the the rock and roll darlings of the Democratic set in California. Part of the avocado mafia. Al Stewart, on the other hand, no, not at all. And I love Al Stewart's music. He's a really great lyricist. His range is limited, right? Like he has that kind of speaking, singing, uh, in tune voice, but his range is really limited. So all this, he has the same kind of semi-flat vocal in almost all of his songs. But it, his voice is soothing, and and uh, a lot of his songs are are just really, really well written. So a little Al Stewart to get us into the border border talk. How was everybody? Uh, let's see. When was the last time we did a flame? It's been a while. I guess did I do one on Thursday? I think I did one on Thursday. I think that was the last one that we did. And then Friday, of course, we had a great discussion with the Krimis over on. Um, the 11th house side, because I was able to sneak back into YouTube, by the way, we are streaming simultaneously on rumble at this time. And I'll be back in the habit of putting the shows up uh, as podcasts. I just, I got disrupted last week. My life is in disruption mode, as many of you know, and, um, it's really interesting being in this place where all of a sudden you have to care for your parent. Um, and I, I and i've had so many discussions with other people who have either been through the same thing and are going through the same thing now with my father when he passed away in 2010 it was about a 6 month process and uh my mother was taking care of him and the you know he he passed away at home uh with um portable hospice right
1: um
0: But this is a different situation, right? Because now it's just pared down to me, right? Uh, The front guard and the rear guard and the middle guard all in one. And it's such an interesting process in a lot of ways. On the plus side, I'm looking at the people who've been in her life and who who care about her. um, And they're all now sort of rallying. To her cause, you know, and that is that is actually pretty cool to see. And um, maybe she'll she'll derive some uh, deeper meaning out of it. But it's it, it's fascinating because, um, how do how do I how do I describe this? Um, her relationship with her state of being and her condition is really disconnected right like you i can see i can see like the 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 kubler ross stages right now like she is clearly in denial of what's going on with her body which is breaking down she's just getting old you know and her heart is not not doing well and her kidneys aren't doing well and and so she can't summon her body to do the things that it normally has been doing you know for most of her life even prior to the hospital she was able to you know do things and move around and get around and like you know she can do some of that but it's not like like what it was um but she's it's really fascinating it's a fascinating process to see that she is kind of in denial with and 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 I know that she's not alone like they're, they're these people who are older and, you know, she's part of this Pluto and cancer generation. A lot of them have lived very long. They, they were not heavily vaccinated. I think my mother had one, one vaccination. It was in the 1960s. And I think it was the, um, might've been smallpox on a sugar cube. <laughs> I think I had that. I think, we, I think we all took the sugar cube together, if I'm not mistaken. So you have these immune systems that have not been compromised in a lot of ways. That's why a lot of these Pluto and Cancer people live for so long. They're just healthier. Um, but it's a fascinating process, and one that is um, requiring me to exhibit great great amounts of patience. Which again, I think is standard operating procedure for people in this position, which is a uh,
1: which is definitely a new one for me and (laughs) life is a trip. Am
0: I right? It's such a trip. Um, I'm looking like uh, John Lithgow in in, uh, Buckaroo Bonsai today. How is everybody? Let me get into chat and see where we are in the chat because I can do this now. I can do this from the Boxcast page. Let's see. Who do we have here? I'm in control. DJMC, what's going on? Michael, Michael, and I were, were in the same physical space for the lone win of the Warriors against the Lakers. It might be too late for uh, the old dubs crew there. And Michael secretly is a Laker fan. He grew up a Laker fan, so he's fine. Uh, Kelly B., what's happening? Uh, there's my man, Thor at the door. Mr. Steve. Good King Chuckles. Hello, Good King Chuckles. Sony's here. Hi, Sony. There's Fran. Hey, back. SP Dimples. Checking in from the European Theater. Good to see you. Uh, Kabuki Theater. What's going on, Bo? We have crossed the Rubicon, Rio Grande, Barbarians at the Gates. Yeah, we're getting into it today. Uh, I do not get a good feeling about this at all. Wendy says, the beautiful one is here. Cremo with Triple High. What's going on, Christine? Kelly Diane, oh, hi. Good morning again.
1: Good to see you, Kelly Diane. Please play Year of the Cat tomorrow. I might do that. I love Year of the Cat. Um, that the one line, she, like uh, but the dress she's wearing,
0: uh, looks like a watercolor in the rain. Oh my God, it's a great line.
1: Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Six baby buns born yesterday. <laughs> All right. It's bunny season. Christina, I got to give you credit for staying with that. Angels took my
0: racehorse away. Richard Thompson, please. If I play Richard Thompson, I'm going to play Shoot Out the Lights. I a, if that, that's the tune that I would play. I saw Richard Thompson live one time. Um, he was
1: amazing. I actually met Richard Thompson, too. And I met his son, Teddy. Nice guy. At least, you know, in passing... Right? Connecting.
0: No attitude. Mark Ann, what's going on, Mark? Good to see you. My astrological brother from another mother. Let's see. Who else do we have here? Did I just wake up? Oh, that's funny. You don't have to withdraw that message. I can see it. No, I didn't just wake up. I woke up at um so here's here is my here's what happened. I actually went to bed last night at a reasonable time for me, 1130. And then I woke up at five o'clock.
1: I said, fuck it. I don't want to wake up right now. I probably should have. I said, fuck it. I'm going back to bed. And so I I
0: had my alarm set up and everything. And then my alarm went off at seven. um, And then it was probably a bad move on my part. Honestly, to go back to sleep because I just kept hitting snooze. No, I've been up since uh, seven a.m. So two and a half
1: hours. We're in a broadcast. We are in a broadcast. That's right. You are here. You are here now. Um, is this the year of the cat? No, that was
0: last year. This is the year of the rabbit.
1: It's a good year for Christine. Um, we got a lot of votes for uh, no different no's. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering.
0: Uh, Harry Bowie. Hey, back. 700,000 on the border. Man, it's going to get weird. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to defend yourselves. I like Don Henley's boys. Don Henley's actually talented. He's just a dick. Uh always reminds me of Big Lebowski when he's in the cab telling the driver how much he hates the Eagles. I, I, I am the Big Lebowski when it comes to the Eagles. I I don't like I don't like and some of the Eagles songs are okay. And I have a good friend in Houston who loves the Eagles. What capped it for me with the Eagles was I saw them live one time. And uh Full disclosure: I was I was I was high on psilocybin, okay, and I was with my friends. This was not a concert that I would go to, by the way. It was for my girlfriend,
1: who was into that shit. Eagles, Jackson Brown, Dan Fogelberg. Dan Fogelberg's okay. Anyway, uh, Loggins and Messina. You know, you know
0: that sound. Anyway, I went to the concert and here I am. I'm Remember now, and
1: I'm watching the band and they're hitting every single note like it's on the record. And
0: and I guess there's something to be said for that. But I'm like, I could have just stayed home and put the needle on the record because it was record time back then and just listened to the damn thing at home. The only time... The band had any real spirit was when David Sanborn played the sax on Wasted Days. That was beautiful. I'm like, oh my God, finally. Some it was, it was like a monochromatic stage with sound emanating from it. And then David Sanborn came on and played that sax solo, and all of a sudden there was color on the stage. That's what it was like. And then finally Joe Walsh got involved at the end and he and he did uh what is it the the geeks don't want no freaks or whatever, whatever that song is. I'm like, oh and he was fun. He had he had some energy.
1: But other than that it was it was it was like listening to the record at home and watching paint dry. Uh let's see. Okay, here we go. We got a, a low-key. Low-key,
0: low-key. User 13 is here. Sheila Sampson, What's going on, Sheila? Good to see you. Scrubbies with the name check.
1: Good to see you, Scrubbies. Leela. What's going on, Leela? We missed you, too. Okay, well... Uh, Eagle stuck in Hotel California. Yes. Hi, Hucklebock. Good to see you.
0: Uh, I'm going to see the Crimmies at noon. Oh, cool.
1: Good. The Crimmies are like a tea session, you know. You want to have tea with the Crimmies. <sighs> Beth Berry's here.
0: The Eagles sound as maladjusted as the Beach Boys were. The Beach Boys were more interesting. They were more interesting than the Eagles. There was nothing interesting about the Eagles. Except maybe in the early days when they went to the desert and took peyote. And then they stopped being interesting. They became became a corporation. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? Anybody new? Al Stewart is also very charming, I would say. Do you, know who, do you know who knows Al, Al Stewart is Hope Easton? I think she record, she did a, a performance with him on YouTube. You guys know Hope. She was uh, a player of music. She came in a couple of years ago. Thank you, Leela. I appreciate that. Thank you, Saturn Girl. Um, very interesting time, indeed. Uh, let's see. Living with an aging mother, 10 years now. Wow. Wow. That
1: is a commitment. Jeez. Christine, that's a big commitment. My mother had the same thing and denied, denied, denied the kidney failure, refused dialysis. Yeah, my mom is beyond dialysis at this point. It was such, it was... (laughs) I had this conversation with her, and she kept saying, "I just, I don't know. I just, you know,
0: I can't do anything, and uh, you know, I feel terrible, and and I have no energy, and and she's got anxiety too. That's the other big thing. Now she's got all this anxiety,
1: and and then in a moment of of candor, I said. Because you're dying, and she was like, What I'm dying? <laughs> oh what
0: well, first of all, we're all dying, but yeah, you're you're dying, okay. You you were in the hospital two months ago and you barely made it out, okay. Keep that in mind, you know. So you're on a reprieve. You're you know, it's it the whole thing is funny too, right? There's like all these layers to the whole thing because like there's part of her that is still like kind of locked into
1: her, her, like, you know, pre uh, sort of physical collapse personality. And so she's, she's always been kind of short with me in a lot of ways. And so
0: I had this moment with her while I was back there and she had to talk to some guy about her taxes and prior to getting on the phone and talking to him about her taxes she's kind of like dumping like now 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 I'm like the 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 dump station at the RV center right she's just dumping and and, and I'm like okay all right I'm hearing it and not in a very uh, pleasant way right I'm like okay then she gets on the phone with the the tax guy and she's all like happy and nice and chipper and polite. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, what is going on here? You know, you know it's like total personality shift. And I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you treat me more like that guy? <laughs> because before you get on the phone, you were a very different person with me. Treat me like that guy. That guy's a stranger. And you were just treating him better than you were treating me in the previous moment. She's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Candor, honesty, what can I say? I can't, I can't help it. Uh, the mind doesn't think the body is as bad as it probably is. Always want to do stuff. That you, I know, I get it. My ex-mother-in-law when gets up, get up and walk and can't. It's brutal, man. It is brutal. Speaking as a former hospice nurse, it's a tough process, especially when the person's not accepting their inevitable, especially tough ones. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. Who else? A challenging product. I will grow exponentially as a caregiver. I have Mars and cancer.
1: I guess I might be suited for it. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, Let's see. Nevada, 17. What's going on, David? Good to see you. A
0: lot lot of nurses and caregivers in here. My husband's parents helped move 2015-20. It's not easy. A lot of moving pieces. Look at Michael. He's laughing. He knows it. He has it both
1: ways. My mom died suddenly. My dad went through the hospice process. Hi, Sony. Let's see. I listened to the Year of the Cat on the way to North Carolina. There's a theme here. You got a theme going on. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? Anybody new? Anybody new?
0: Gave up coffee two weeks ago. Good for you, user 13. I've gotten to the point of the uh, better daytime energy. Good for you. Congratulations.
1: Seriously. I do one cup. And I do the collagen. I'm with you. You have to
0: retire the whole rabbitry in order to make the Harvest Moon event. Oh, you can't do that.
1: You need a you need a rabbit sitter. You need a rabbit sitter. There's got to be a rabbit sitter out there somewhere. It's out of Malibu, Lebowski. Let's see. I just think of the story for dirty laundry and what uh,
0: NT posted about Henley I hope out on the out, uh, and I and I
1: nope out on the Eagles. I think I get it. Uh let's see. You were born in the year of the rabbit too. You and you are single. The rabbits, both male and females tend to be single, lifelong bachelors and bachelorettes. Let's see, who else do we have here? Working on my astral travel. Yeah, we got
0: to, you know what we have to do? Oh, I love it. I love it. Got to have my soul-crushing black coffee. I'm a big black coffee person too. If I can't have it with my collagen and MCT oil, I, I just go black. Eagle, Steve Miller, Pablo Cruz, and other yacht rockers. Pablo Cruz is actually... Pretty talented, I have to say. Looking in the rearview mirror. Did, I didn't appreciate Pablo Cruz as much in high school. Very talented, though. Road app, that's what's happening. Good to see you. Um, you made my life busy. Lots of folks working on their trauma. It's called the Phoenix effect. That's what happens. You Come on the show, and you get attention. Let's see. Who else do we have here? Anybody else new? Eagles first bearing to break the hundred dollar ticket price. Yeah, that's right. For lefties, they were they were real fucking capitalists. Janet Landers, the shooting was right here. My daughter was in a store across the street when a terrified customer ran inside screaming 9-11.
1: Yikes. Don, hey Equa. Yeah, Don Hanley, July 22nd.
0: Oh, he's got that final degree of cancer, 28 degrees cancer, Virgo. I mean, he's a tightwad.
1: He's a tightwad. Uh, Let's see. That's it. That explains everything. Uh, Let's see. Are we caught up here? Are we caught up? Good for you, user 13. Let's do some sessions, Robert. You will need to deal with all of this. Uh, okay. Maybe <laughs>
0: I'm all right. Actually, you know, I'm okay. I have, I have ways of coping. I have ways of coping, but when you're here in the hill country, I'll, well, we'll see if we can, uh, shake it out. Very scary, and frustrating for them. I, you know what, Bo, you're right. Love is the answer. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Love is the answer, and sometimes tough love is the answer.
1: Just saying, see, Pines, what's happening? Uh, let's see. Any overplay, 70s Yara played to death on Class Rocks. Deserves the big Lebowski bitch reaction hear that play to death you know i i you know last summer of course we it was the summer of yacht And it was a really good um journey for me i not intended because i got to kind of revisit songs that i had heard
0: so many times and some of those songs i actually liked like that song by starbuck Moonlight, I always loved that song. I love the I love the analog synthesizer and the marimba solo. And I always dug that song. And then, the, and then the guy who told the story about the song was as cool as the song itself. So it sent me on that deep dive. And, and it was really interesting because then I was getting into people like uh Stanley Clark and George Duke, who were clearly trying to make some money, right? You have these jazz musicians and they were trying to make money on i mean because jazz musicians i mean the records would do okay they, they would make money playing live but i think stanley clark and george duke just wanted some hits and I, on my uh, deep dot 100 uh, 100 plus tracks of of yacht um i've, I've got a clark Duke song on or So, and and again, revisiting some of their material was a really interesting exercise. I don't know what we're going to do this summer. I've been thinking about it. There's only so many, you know, yacht songs that you can play. It's kind of like the whole Northern Soul thing in in England where they had this huge craze, you know, this Northern Soul craze. It was um, at one of these casinos and in Wigan, is that how you say it? Wigan, if you're in England, you can probably correct me, Wigan or Wigan. And there was a casino there and they would have these Northern soul dance nights. People would be really amped up on, on speed. This is where you get like the whole Dexies midnight runners thing. Right. And Dexies or Dexadrine. And um, so people would stay up like speeding out dancing to these obscure soul records from the 60s and the 70s. But there was a limited batch, right? Like they could only, there was only so many of these records that they could play. But the whole Northern Soul thing was kind of a an interesting lily pad to um, the rave scene. It was sort of like a lily pad to the rave scene. Because number one, you had drugs involved there's always drugs involved and that was speed number 2 was music and number 3 was DJs now are they directly connected not necessarily in spirit yes it played a big role you know i don't know how big disco was in england to be honest with you i don't know i had i had a i had the star of the day last week and it was 2 weeks ago giorgio moroder and, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I put him in as like the, one of the, the uh, originators of disco. And he kind of was right with uh, the Donna summer track. I feel that, which is an amazing, amazing piece of music, actually. And somebody in, in uh, I think it was in chat or one of the comments it was in chat it just went off on on disco music and and how uh how how i think morally corrupt it was or something like that and this and you know there's some truth to that i mean
1: studio 54 was a den of iniquity i didn't like disco as a kid although i i
0: really did like that marauder track i loved the synthesizer i actually dig synthesizers i'm not sure how big disco was in england it was huge here really huge here maybe if you're english you can chime in um let me know all right enough bitter enough chitter chatter and uh banter i guess we need to get
1: into the subject matter of the day and boy where do we start where do we start? All right, let's talk about the, what is it, the section 42. When you look at what's happening, and you can see
0: um, the movement of people from South America through the Darien Gap, and that's the picture I have as the
1: thumbnail today you can you can synchronize this wave of
0: flesh that is about to crash upon the southern border and the timing of uh, section 42 running out. So section 42 was something that was put in place by Trump, which basically was, the thing that deterred a lot of people from coming and crossing the border because they had to, they had to be placed in basically a hold pattern before they got here. And of course this current administration doesn't want that. They want, and it's about to be removed and and there's going to be huge consequences for this huge consequences. And you can see the timing of the removal of section 42 with this wave of people coming up from South America through the Darien Gap and moving all the way up through Central America, like there's there, it's synchronized. And a lot of the people are coming from Venezuela, but not all of them are Venezuelans. There's a large number, more than likely of Haitians um, who have made this journey before. A lot of Haitians, by the way, have settled um, in and around Tijuana. Like, we're good. We like this place. Right? They they let us slaughter chickens and practice magic and um, have little cafes. We like it here. We don't need to go any further. So there's a pretty interesting Haitian population that's kind of growing in Tijuana. But more than likely, they're part of the mix. Of course, have what's going on with the Chinese and the Chinese have been crossing the damn border for years now, years. So so it's all this, this melange of the human experience, right? Coming up from South America and Venezuela is a shithole. It's a total shithole.
1: You you, you know, at least with Chavez who was just a, a dirty, filthy nationalist thug at least he had a somewhat better model
0: for the people that were in Venezuela unlike Maduro Maduro is really a classic banana republic Marxist thug that's who Maduro is and there are people in Venezuela, who have left Venezuela, a lot of them are already in Miami. You've got a huge wave of people from Venezuela and Colombia because they can't eat anything, right? I mean, you can't make a, a you can't make a living wage in Venezuela. So I was watching this video. This guy is called uh Bald and Bankrupt. I've told this story before. He's a really interesting character. He travels all over the world. He speaks fluent Russian. Um, I think he sp- I, he speaks Spanish. I think he speaks some of the Romance languages. He's very funny, and he was in Colombia, and he was in uh, one of the squares, one of the town squares in Bogota, and it looked like shit. And most of the people that he was encounter- he, he he was encountering were Venezuelans, and they were young women. And what do you think they were doing? Like they were there to turn tricks because, Ven- Colombia is not not that much better off than Venezuela. But Venezuela sucked, so they had to leave, and they're in Colombia now. So, Maduro is living like a king,
1: and everybody else is having a very hard time. And who's this, who's that guy?
0: He was another traveler guy. What's his name? He's South African. Um, I forget his name now, but he watches videos. And this guy, this guy is a total Chad, right? He's a total South African Chad and fearless. The guy is fearless. He puts himself into these intense places and situations. He was even in fucking Haiti having some kind of a voodoo treatment. It's like, dude, you better get the fuck out of there, which he did. What's his name? It'll come to me. Anyway, he was in Venezuela. He had this he found this Venezuelan girlfriend, very cute. And so he tripped around Venezuela. It's one of these again travel videos. And you just look at the place, and you know, it is really run down. Um, people are, you know, decidedly poor. Um, there's there's some crime there's also the heavy hand of the uh, the military there. And so whenever he would walk around the city and there were these uh like graffiti paintings of these eyes everywhere. And I think it started off uh, as the eyes of Chavez that they were watching you, right? but but it doesn't matter now. they can be Maduro's eyes. So you have all these you know, uh, graffiti wall paintings of eyes. And I understand why the Trump administration tried to overthrow Maduro. I get that now. Terrible coup. Even Elliot Abrams couldn't have
1: saved that coup, which he tried. It was, a, it was a failed coup. So you have all these Venezuelans now who are coming because there's nothing there. You have anybody that they'll pick up along the way in South America,
0: the Guatemalans, the uh, Costa Ricans, the Nicaraguans, right? They'll all join the party. And it's a wave of flesh that's about to hit this country.
1: And I've seen estimates of 30,000 people a day getting ready to cross the border. Of course, Greg Abbott, who's the governor of Texas, um, is a World Economic Forum darling. Here, I'll show you this. This is uh, on Imger. Right here. There he is. Our governor, Greg Abbott, BBA in finance, University of Texas Austin degree in law, Vanderbilt
0: University Law School, formerly state district judge, Harris County Justice on the Texas Supreme Court, longest serving attorney general of Texas, $31 billion in child support for Texas children in 2014. The office was recognized as the nation's best child support program by the National Child Support Enforcement Association, currently forty. the state of texas vision to build a better future
1: for texas a uh, vision focused on creating jobs internet connections unstable um bloody blah blah fucking blah 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 blah
0: avid sportsman and hunter how does how does he kill shit from his from his uh, wheelchair that's what i want to know you know greg abbott is wheelchair bound now, sportsmen, I get. Like, you could sit on the dock of the bay with a fishing
1: pole, right? You could do that from a wheelchair. But how, how much of a sportsman and a hunter in a wheelchair? I guess you, you, you'd have a,
0: a modified like, what, deer blind for your wheelchair. You just wheel it in. It's got, like, an excess ramp. Am I right? I, and, and and then the, the little slot there for the old gun. Would be
1: modified for a certain eye level. I guess he could do it. But what happens if you have to go out and deal with deer that you you just killed? You know,
0: Are you gonna wheel out there. Of course not.
1: He's he's got his assistants to help him. An avid hunter. That's just a funny, that's a funny image. He's not going to do shit. Now he says he's going to send troops to the border. He's not going to do shit. Or if he does, it'll it'll, be, it'll be. Window dressing, really. Because he's had all this time. To deal with it. Now there
0: is the question as to whether or not it is a federal issue or it's a, a state's issue. I think it should be a state's issue. But you get it you get into this whole well, you know, it's the it's the federal government who controls the border. It's the border of the country, not the border of the state. It's like, well, you know, yes and no. <laughs> when the federal government refuses to uh, regulate, moderate the border, then it should fall to the states. But Abbott's an internationalist. You know, that's the old version of globalist. You saw his little bio there for the World Economic Forum. There was somebody who questioned him. He was running for governor last year and um, asked him if he would disavow the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. He asked him the question three times and Abba refused to answer it in the way that, yeah, I disavow it. Now, he's a weasel. He just weaseled out of it. He said, well, we're very anti-globalist, but he would not disavow the World Economic Forum or his relationship with Klaus Schwab. It says everything, right? And this is a guy, and I've said it before, this is a guy Remember, he went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is connected to who? Moderna. Vanderbilt was one of the universities that was involved in the research for the mRNA. And, of course, Abbott, an alumni of Vanderbilt, was very proud of that. He talked about that. He was very proud of it. And it was interesting how he did just a complete 180 on the whole um, mask State of emergency. I, I don't even know if he's ended the state of emergency.
1: Maybe he has. But it was like he got a memo. Like, yeah, remember, remember. Remember how you got there and who you are. And boom, all of a sudden, we were no longer in this state of being able to make up your own mind. And have your own choice. Well, this is bad as some other states, but that gives you some uh, idea about Abbott. Let's talk about this thing in Allen, Texas. It's so weird. It is so weird. Here's an image. This is from my uh, Twitter account.
0: And this guy has this tattoo on his hand, which is the symbol for the city of Dallas.
1: He's got some funky-ass nails on his hand, too. And it looks like he is a, a skinhead. This whole thing is weird. It's really weird. You know, they also had... Um, some, some dummies.
0: Like there was who, who was, I think uh, somebody sent me some
1: pictures of like dummies that would be used in a false flag operation.
0: Now, clearly something went down there, but then there's this other thing,
1: right? That if you look there are there are casualties that aren't real,
0: so we're in really strange territory, right? This this is, this is Boston Marathon territory, and what do they call it? It's there's a term for it: um, shadows and echoes, or or there's a, Emily knows the term for it. There's a term for it where they're running two things simultaneously. And they can sample basically from one event to the other. And one of them can be real and the other can be fake. Uh, in the case of the Boston Marathon, they had two drills going on at the same time. And one of the drills was supposedly the drill where
1: the bombs went off, right? But I but based on um a lot of evidence, uh,
0: probably not the official story.
1: That's what they did. They had these two, they had these two staging areas going on. And I would not be surprised if there was some of this
0: going on in uh, the Allen event where you have something that is going live, but at the same time, there's something else happening simultaneously and who this guy is supposedly some neo-nazi um of course i guess we'll be getting the manifesto any
1: day now because you gotta have a manifesto even though we haven't seen the manifesto of the uh of the trans shooter from nashville still waiting on that one
0: they even said that there was one So there's that. And then we had the event in Houston where a family was kidnapped in their own home and then they were killed. And then eventually they found the guy. The guy got into a car crash. I don't think the two events are
1: related, by the way. At least on the surface, I don't think they're related. I think the one in Houston smells and feels like a cartel thing because if it felt like that, that, like there was a
0: hit on an entire family and that's what a cartel would do. And the the ability of the person to get away from that event, right? Cause he held the family hostage get away and, and be, uh, on the lamb for the amount of time that they were apparently crashed his car or something. And that's how they eventually found him. I don't think the two are connected, but in a weird way they kind of are connected because when you look at this wave of migrants that are coming, you're going to get a big mix of people. You'll get some people that are, you know, like the Venezuelans living in a shit place, needing a better place to live. And the cartels that are—they're already here. They're already in this country. Um, you look at somebody like Katie
1: Hobbs. She works for the cartels. She works—I believe she works for um, the um, Sinaloa cartel. They didn't want Carrie Lake to shut down that border. Carrie Lake
0: was—I saw it in her chart. She wasn't going to win. But they would not let her win because she didn't have the deal with the cartels, and Katie Hobbs does,
1: so they can have that border open and have it circulating back and forth. right? So the question becomes, does Abbott work for the cartels, and at what
0: level do the cartels exist? in the the global corporate economic scheme. I think they're players. I think they're big players. I don't think that they're um, indistinct in a lot of ways from the global program, but we've seen this before. We've seen this story before. We've seen it with people like the Shah or or. Muammar Gaddafi or Mubarak, right? We've seen this story before. And when a particular entity is no longer of use, they will sacrifice that entity. And they've, they've, they've clearly demonstrated this throughout the 20th century. When their puppets and their pawns are no longer useful, they will take them out of the game. And I think that ultimately the cartels will run into that. We'll run into it. And I've talked about this before in in that they are the impediment for, for a currency. The CB, Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. They are the impediment because you cannot at a mass level now, maybe at a minor level, but
1: you cannot at a mass level Pay for vice without cash, unless the vice is legalized, in which case then it comes under the role, the,
0: uh, the auspice of the CBDC, because all your, all your transactions are tracked, right? They're all digitized. So I think the cartels are going to, they're, they're going to run into the same uh, obsolescence, like they've served their purpose.
1: People have made huge amounts of money off the cartels. And again, I've, I've told this story before, but
0: for context, and if you're new, uh, a very prominent American businessman who is known to uh, partake of the ice cream at uh, Dairy Queen um, is supposedly one of the uh, godfathers of the cartels in this country. The, the, and, and Unless you cross his palm, you don't do business here. Think about that, right? And think about all the money laundering that goes on there. Huge amounts of money
1: laundering. But at some point, it will come to an end. In order for it to come to an end, it has to reach a crisis point. And we're getting we're getting very close to the crisis point. Um, as we look at the next two big eclipses, and again, I've talked
0: about this before. They they both involve Mexico, and they're in Libra Aries. And the big one, what April was it? April fifth of next year, twenty twenty four. That is the huge one. Are coming up from the south in area, coming right into Texas. And, um, yeah, we, we, got, we, we got a major crisis on our hands. So when you look at something like this event in Allen, Texas, of course, what is the call? The call is to ban guns and disarm the public. Well, good luck with that in Texas. You could have 100
1: of these things, and it's not going to happen. Maybe if Beto was governor, but he lost. Beto was governor; it would be a done deal.
0: So they can't. I don't think they can pull the, the Washington card or the Oregon card or the California card. Not here. There's there's too much money. There's too there's there's too many people that have interests in guns and ammo and firearms and. All that stuff, right? But that's what they want to do. They want to they, they they are validly trying
1: to disarm the public in Texas. as this wave of whatever is coming in our direction is coming, right?
0: Like this army, this this this
1: army of migrants, that are headed here and i don't think they're going to be able to disarm i don't think it's going to happen but that's the attempt they're trying to
0: do everything in their power to to draw attention to this so that the people in texas are will be more or less sitting ducks and it's not just uh, texas it's gonna you know we're dealing with chiron and Aries, and that's a the united states thing chiron return which is coming and you just had the three major states california is already there but oregon and then washington just recently passed bills that you can't own a semi-automatic right so no ar-15 uh no ak-47 right closest you can
1: get is your standard issue uh whatchamacallit lever action. Y'all check Connor. This is a problem, right? We are we are
0: staring down a, a major, major problem. And our governor is not going to do shit here. Like he's just I mean he may throw some band-aids at this thing, but it's not going to happen. And um, as we deal with that crisis, there are other crises going on. You know, the, we have so many.
1: We have so many tire fires in our environment now. You, you've got the 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 guy who was strangled in New York City, right? Like they're trying to turn this
0: this guy into the next George Floyd. Here, I have a little piece on it. Let's see
1: if I can find it. Um, where is it? Yeah, right here. Let me show you the, uh. So what's interesting is that there's more than one guy here. You got this dude over here. You got this dude here. And then you got this guy here is being choked out
0: because he was a crazy ass motherfucking threat on the subway.
1: Jordan Neely. Isn't that an interesting name? Right? Like what happened with George Floyd? He got the he got the knee, right? He got the knee to the neck. Derek Chauvin kneeled on him, and now we have Jordan Neely,
0: mentally ill, homeless, schizophrenic, with over 40 arrests, and an open warrant out for his arrest in the assault of a 67-year-old woman in Manhattan's East Village. Neely became a martyr for Democrats, BLM, and the controlled opposition media because he died after passing out while being restrained. It's restrained, not retrained. He didn't get retrained by a white Marine with other non-white passengers. You can see this fellow here doesn't meet the uh,
1: criterion for the demographic. Uh, I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. Freelance one
0: Juan Alberto Vasquez, who shot the video, recalled Neely saying, I'm ready to die.
1: You know what's unfortunate about this is... Um, you know, I don't think he's alone. I think there are a lot of people who are just sick of this place, which is really unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. But I understand the sentiment. However, I mean, if he really uh,
0: paying attention to the times, he just have to wait around long enough to get some reparations.
1: I'm serious. Like, dude, don't tap out yet. Your your moment is coming. But I think there's a,
0: a deeper spiritual suffering that's going on here. And clearly that's what he was experiencing. And when you
1: have that kind of deep intent, somebody will make it happen. Somebody will make it happen. Like, that's kind of how the the mechanism works. And it reminds me of the time when I was living in Oakland.
0: And I managed this this apartment building in Oakland, which was crazy. And And I told the story. And if you're new, you'll get to hear it again. But I came home one night. I think it was a Friday night. And there were cops everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I've never seen so many cops in one spot my entire life. I had to, I had to park a block away to get to my apartment. So I walked up, and uh, it was such a weird scene because I had. So I asked, "What's going on here?" And somebody on the street said, um, "There was a guy named Dwayne, and I was actually part of the uh, neighborhood." committee to bring speed bumps onto our street because people would fly down on our street. We had kids that lived there and like, we got to get the speed bumps. So we formed this neighborhood committee and this very cool guy named Dwayne, who um, was a deputy sheriff and worked for the sheriff's department, Alameda County. He was part of the committee and he lived about four doors down from the apartment building I lived in. And, um, Dwayne happened to be black, right? So, you know, whatever, right? This, he was deputy sheriff. He was black. He comes home one night, opens his garage door. And he's got his wife and he's got his, I think he had two kids. And there's a dude in his garage. And all he's doing is wearing,
1: he's just wearing a pair of white briefs. That's it. So Dwayne pops out of
0: his car, has his service revolver, identifies himself as a deputy sheriff, sheriff, I guess. He wasn't the real sheriff, but he's deputy sheriff, right? Off duty, and he tells the guy to get down on the ground. He's in his garage. The guy has his back to him. And all he's doing is wearing his fucking, you know, tidy whities, right? And then he reaches into the crotch of his tidy whities and he turns, and he says,
1: I ain't going out like that. So Dwayne does what any police
0: officer would do, and he unloads a couple rounds in the guy, kills him. Turns out he didn't have a gun. He was reaching into his tidy whities for his crack pipe. And he was going to pretend to shoot him with his, the guy wanted out. Okay. I mean, think of it. He wanted out. He found the one garage in the entire neighborhood that the dude who would pull into that garage carried a gun. It could legally kill him. Right? Like that is an act
1: of God. And when you want out like that, the universe will conspire
0: to facilitate your demise. And that was the
1: most efficient and clean and economic example of that process. Just think about it. He could have gone to any fucking garage,
0: but he went to the garage of the guy who could legally kill him now the backlash of that was that dwayne was a really nice guy too and the backlash was that he had to move because this guy's brother was some kind of heavy duty drug dealer who had just
1: gotten out of prison and the word on the street was that he was now looking for for dwayne and to this guy's credit this guy this guy had balls, man. He met with
0: this guy's brother. I don't know where he met him, but he met with him. He told him the story. He said,
1: look, this is what happened. You know, this is how it went down. And uh, I had no choice. And
0: the, the guy got it, right? The guy got it. The, like the law of the street. He got it. That was crazy. And And it wasn't just that, but there was this Kind of frenzy that it stirred up, and I remember one of my one of my tenants leaning out her window, like going kind of crazy, like like the you know the 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 spirit of the of the crowd, you know the the madness of the crowd. It was like wild. I said it was some kind of like you know primal spirit in the air. It was, people were it was weird, very weird. But then it calmed down. There were helicopters and shit. That's really
1: crazy. Coming up here? Come on. Let's go. All right, look who's here. There he is, the cat master right there. Been waiting for you. Where you been? Where you been? Been on the Ottoman. We call it the Ottoman Empire. He's he's the Emperor of the Ottoman Empire, aren't you? Yeah. Your fan's been waiting for you. It's about time. Your little protégé is not ready to come up here. Here, come back over here. There you go. There you go. Jump in there. Jump in the crown. I know you'd like to get in yourself. But speaking of uh, the Boston Marathon, I don't want to show you guys this. This is crazy. Remember Lena Wen? She was the person that was telling you to make sure that you got vaccinated. It's very important to vaccinate your children and for your ch- to wear a mask. She was at the Boston Marathon as a witness. Can you guys check this out? Let's zoom in. Let's zoom in. treating patients, searching for her
0: husband. She just happened to be at the Boston Marathon. Look at that. A physician who was a leading voice in the COVID pandemic, where she has appeared frequently
1: as an analyst. What's this? She uh, uh, was analyst on MSM, well, on the
0: MSM, where she targeted blame on anti-vaxxers countless times, problematically for Ms. Wen, she was also used as a crisis actor in a staged hoax event for police state measures. The Boston bombing, where she was interviewed by CNN, she is a Rhodes Scholar, member on the Council of Foreign Relations, and a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader. She is also connected with the eugenics movement as a past president of
1: Planned Parenthood. It's important to vaccinate your children. There she is with Amy Goodman, looking more like a good man with each passing day. The theater, the theater of our of our uh,
0: reality. You know, it's interesting thinking about uh, my mother and what she's going
1: through, and this whole idea of death, right? And the death cult that we've erected and created in this realm and it came to
0: to my attention there's there's part of me that is okay and okay well you have this is this is the way of things we're 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 vegetal beings and you know at some point we will break down and eventually you know will de- we'll rot and decompose even before we're put into the ground. So there's a part of me that is like, yeah, I get it and it's insanity in some ways to deny that. But then there's another part of me that is kind of awakening to this reality about beating the death trap. It's not living forever, by the way. I'm not I'm not suggesting that we live forever that's not what i'm talking about although some people believe that in
1: christ you are and will be immortal that your life and soul go on intact and that there is no death in that world but there, there's something about there's something about the the death trap
0: in this story of the resurrection and resurre- the, the resurrection of some body, whether it's a physical body or a body of light, there's something about the resurrection that's important, whether you believe in Jesus, if you think it's a fairy, there's something there.
1: And I think it is incumbent upon us. To figure out what that is, T- to understand this, and there are people who are you know ascension freaks,
0: and they'll 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 talk to you about. Um, well, here, let me rephrase this. There are people who are very invested in this idea of the, the ascension, and kind of re- rebuilding this body, this this uh, energy body, so that you can ascend, whatever whatever that means to the fifth dimension or beyond, whatever that means. Right. And I think there's some truth to that, but maybe not in the way that we understand it. So there's a part of me that is okay with, okay, we're all going to face this. Let's have a, a reasonable relationship with it. Let's have a, um, um, a Marcus Aurelius like relationship with it. But then there's another part of me that looks at our life here and the conditions that have been created as like a cage or a trap in that, in that we do not have all the information at our disposal. Long time ago, um, you know, I used to listen to a lot of uh, Art Bell and one night he had this guy, Randall Winters on his show and he, he, I don't know how, how much of a... A lot of the people on our belt were you know, kind of sketchy, right? So this guy claimed to have been friends with uh, Edward Billy Meyer. Billy Meyer was the guy who supposedly had these contacts with the Pleiadians. And he had all these amazing pictures, and a lot of the pictures have been debunked. Uh, and then the uh, transmissions from uh, the Pleiadian commander uh some is it samajay i believe if i'm not mistaken anyway Rand, randall uh winters talks about all these more detailed discussions he had with billy meyer that aren't a part of like the the book contact with the pleiades whatever it's called the big coffee table book and one of the things that he talked about
1: pleiadians which was a really interesting concept and again, just, you know, try it off for size and see how it fits. I'm not saying this is the truth.
0: But apparently, the Pleiadians, at a certain point in their development, would be taken out of space time. They'd be taken out of their body. They'd be taken out of space time. And they would, at that point, understand the nature and meaning of
1: life and death and everything else that went along with it. Like they had, well, a gnosis of their purpose and that they were
0: both a body and a spirit. And once they returned to their body, they lived with that for the rest of their life. I guess you would call physical incarnation or whatever they incarnate into. And I thought to myself, that's that's interesting, right? That's interesting. Because what, if you had that, if you had that early on in your life and you knew emphatically beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was baked into your existence, you would live your life very differently. Now, one would say, well, it's a kind of an all-in effort here. You only have so much time, so you may as well make it count, right? That the limits are defined in such a way
1: that it matters. Literally, figuratively, it matters. And that's an interesting way to look at it. But another interesting way to look at it is if we
0: understood, not through some form of projection or philosophy or some kind of analytical um, observation that what we are dealing with this whole idea of death and the body itself is way bigger than we understand. I think that would be fair. And to understand it at a
1: level that has immutable influence on how we live right and so if you're a christian you would say well
0: that's the body of christ and once you live within the body of christ you understand this and that you are resurrected through your relationship in the body of christ which is the manifestation of the son
1: of god on earth problem solved but i know not a lot of christians who, don't, who may have
0: um, the faith and the belief wedded together, but do they have the prima facie evidence or the thing that allows them to um, live their lives in accordance with understanding or the gnosis that we're talking about? It's a question. These are these are questions that I'm bringing up because I'm, I'm you know, I'm dealing with the, you know, the, the specter of, of death, right? You know, one degree of separation in a lot of ways. So yesterday I had a funny moment It has, and it ties into the conversation here, believe it or not. So I had this funny moment and I, I, I remember calling this guy's number last year because my washing machine, uh, when I get a big load in the washing machine, it bangs around. The reason it bangs around is because the springs inside of the uh, drum are outworn, right? I need new springs like shock absorbers, right? I didn't know that till yesterday, by the way. So I call this guy and I remember calling him last year because my, my machine was still fucked. It was fucked up last year. And I'm like, sometimes you just get tired of, People not returning your calls here, and literally, and I did this with my my cable. I literally drove to the place where my cable is because I couldn't get hold of them. And this guy, you know, I left him a message. Call me back. Waiting. I was like, "Fuck my my dryer is fucked up. I need I, I need some assistance here with this thing." I actually drove to his house because that's where it's listed on on Google. And I said, hey, "Man." I left you a message yesterday. Um, I'm actually at your house right now. It looks like you're off your day. If I don't hear back from you, I'll just come back at the end of the day and knock on your door. <laughs> sure enough, I got a call, all right? He was, a little, he was a little touchy about it. So he comes out yesterday. And if I could create out of the hollow deck a washing machine repair person, from Texas this guy would be it. He would be it. it. It 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 would be like NPC Central casting. So he he comes in and and he's like. He was funny. He was definitely funny, and I, and, I, and I had to cool him out a little bit. I didn't want to make him feel like I was hassling him to be there because I want you know it's like, but I did need the the service. So he comes in and. Joan has all these what they're called cures, right for for a feng shui, and some of these are like these, like plastic gold plates that are like placed in areas to keep the energy, kind of intact. And he's so one of them was by my my dryer, and he looks like there's a cowboy hat down here. <laughs> I'm like, oh oh yeah, that's a it's called a cure. He looks at me like, yeah, it's a feng shui thing. It's a Chinese system of making sure that the energy of the house is uh, correct. And he's looking at me
1: sideways I'm like, you don't need that. You don't need that. All, all, all you need is Jesus. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. And, and he said, yo, uh, I, there there's this woman and she told me uh, she had cancer and the doctor told her that she had to get the cancer out. I said, you don't need that.
1: Just read Mark five. We have the power to do everything that Jesus did. Just read Mark five. He's shown us the way. I'm like, yeah,
0: I'm good with that, man. I'm I'm good with that. So he goes through and he, he looks at my washing machine and then the dryer, then the washing machine and he gets a call and it's his doctor's office (laughs) and and he's trying to make an appointment for his his ears right i thought this is so funny and so literally he's making the appointment in in my mud room where where the two machines are so i walk away give him some privacy and he comes out and he starts bitching about his ears and how he has an ear infection And i'm thinking well don't you just have to pick up mark five and figure out how to deal with your ears. And he went on and on and on about his ears and how, when he was able to get Cipro, it made his ears better. I said, You should try some uh, hydrogen peroxide. And I like, yeah,
1: I tried that before.
0: So try it again. It might work. I help you out. So funny, though. Right here he is, basically telling this woman that she could cure herself of cancer.
1: All she had to do, I think it was Mark 5. I think that was probably the passage. And yet he's hassling with his doctor's office to make an appointment for his uh, ear infection.
0: (laughs) Sorry. I just found it to be rich. I mean, the guy was a total character. You know, total character. Uh, You you know, and Jones said, well, did you point out the hypocrisy of it? I said, are you kidding me? No, I want this guy to fix my machine. I don't. I don't want to turn. Him, I don't. I don't want to have to be right, right. I don't. Have to, I don't need to be right in that moment, and I don't, and I don't even have an investment in being right. Not in that way. So it was just really funny. But it gets into this whole idea, right? This this idea that are we endowed with the potential? For, for a mystical understanding
1: of our lives in 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, and beyond. Is this our birthright? And if it is our birthright,
0: and we have all of these groups that are doing everything in their power to distract us from it,
1: the cult of youth and death, then maybe that's all the evidence we need to know that it is true. And if it is, then what do we do about it? That's the question. All right. I'll leave you with that. Kitties. Thanks for being here. I mean, these kitties,
0: you kitties. Thanks for being here. Uh, use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to step what's possible. It's good to be back. Thank you all for being here. I'm Robert Phoenix. And,
1: uh, Find some humor in your day and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.